0: So Sony shocked us over the last couple of weeks by lifting the lid a little bit on the PlayStation 5 in, an I think, probably an unprecedented move in the fact that they decided to sit down, or they had Mark Cerny, uh, who is the lead PlayStation architect, sit down with Wired um, in which he gave uh, an exclusive look to Wired about what we can expect from the next PlayStation. No images, um, no discussion of software or anything like that. It's Pretty much purely hardware based, which which makes sense um, for yeah. for where maybe Sony and, and the rest of the industry is placed. So I want to run through some of this stuff and we can we can talk about it where we need to. So they're very upfront, and this is why they did it in saying that this was not a 2019 product. Uh, Sony are not going to be at E3 this year, which is something we actually haven't spoken about on the show. It's just Microsoft yeah. this year, um, so they are clearly taking their time now to beat Microsoft. Uh, to any announcement that Microsoft might have, and we're going to look at that a little bit later on in the episode too, to see where the rumors are pointing towards. Um, but right now, you know, it's Sony have decided. All right, let's let's use this opportunity and talk about what we're what we're working on, and it also keeps expectations in check for their customers by being very clear that this is not a 2019 product. People will continue to put focus and buy what they want, you know, over the holidays or whatever. This is clearly. Probably like mid to late 2020, I reckon, was when we'll see this next product. Yeah. So at the center of, while well, they didn't give it a name, is clearly the PlayStation 5, uh, is a new system. It's a, a, sorry, new chip, I should say, from AMD. Uh, it's based on their third gen Ryzen line. Uh, it's an eight core chip on the seven nanometer process. Um, it's custom in some ways, but it's based on Ryzen. Uh, I have the third gen Ryzen, I think, in my gaming PC. So you're so fancy. I know. I know this stuff is good. Uh, the <laughs> GPU is a custom variant of the Radeon Navi. It will support ray tracing. This is the big thing. This is what everyone's mm. excited about. This is all the rage these days. If you don't know what ray tracing is, effectively, mm, let's see if I can simplify this without upsetting too many people. You uh, can <laughs> go for it. <laughs> well, go I, I want to see it. if Come I can on. give a simplified version of this. That it's basically about how light is displayed on 3D objects, allowing for improved graphics. Uh, making it much more realistic. And it's about having it all rendered in, re- in real time, right? Is that the basics?
1: Yeah, yeah I think so. I would have said it, it, it's, yeah, it, that's what it is. It mimics the behavior of a ray of light and how it eats objects. Uh, Cerny makes the argument that ray tracing can also be used for audio, but we're going to talk about that in a, in a few minutes. Uh, but yeah, I think, Shahid, is, is this description mostly correct?
2: Well, it depends on who's listening. Uh, for a lot of people, that'll be more than enough. For some people, it won't be enough. Yeah, But yeah, basically, the, the if we forget about the algorithms involved in ray tracing, it's actually, a, in essence, a very simple technique and much simpler than modern graphics. Modern graphics is all about a whole bunch of hacks that aim to reproduce the behavior, not just of uh, real light, but the way light behaves on all kinds of surfaces and in all kinds of environments. Whereas ray tracing takes a brute force approach, is much more computationally expensive, and it actually inverts the way graphics um, is is rendered. So the way it does it is by it will send a ray backwards from the eye into the scene and then follow that ray around, see where it intersects, see what the material properties are of the thing that um, the the ray is firing at until it gets to a source of light or or not because if it doesn't get to any kind Mm -hmm. of light, it's going to be in shadow. And it it can depending on the number of bounces, you get a more and more realistic scene, because all kinds of nearby Mm -hmm. surfaces will change the appearance of the scene. But ultimately, what you both said at the beginning is absolutely accurate. The whole point of ray tracing is to get you a much more realistic scene. It does come at a greater cost, though, and up until, I guess, not even now, but in the very near future, the point will come when the hardware is good enough to turn this brute force technique into reality. And yes, it can be used for audio, because if you think about it, audio Mm -hmm. behaves very much like light. You know, it bounces around, it is reflected, it is muffled, it changes behavior depending on the surfaces it bounces on. And because of that, you will get more realism if you use elements of ray tracing. Now, a question a lot of people ask, I'll be very brief here, is why is it that the light is being fired why is a ray being fired from the eye back into the scene surely it would come from the light into the scene and then back into the eye well the reason it goes that way is because if you start with the eye you know you're only capturing those rays that eventually make it and not all of the rays and all of the reflections that won't which makes it a
1: lot cheaper which is more more efficient yeah okay exactly yeah
0: all right so the other part um is 3d audio It's going to be a part of AMD's chipset for the console. So a quote from Sony. With the next console, the dream is to show how dramatically different the audio experience can be when we apply significant amounts of hardware horsepower to it. So Sony are pushing for more immersion here. This is clearly going to be a part of the next PlayStation VR, right? Because that was a part of the whole box, right, that you have to attach to your PlayStation, is to give better audio. Um, so they're clearly putting this in the box now. Um, they don't give any details on another version of their VR efforts, except to say mm. that it is
1: very important to them. Yeah, this is kind of, I'm, I'm very curious about this. Uh, if I were to sort of read the, 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 the you know, between the lines here, it, it's, Kinda seems to suggest that um, Sony is probably gonna use Dolby Atmos or something like DTSX by default uh, in the in the PS Five. The PS Four Pro does not support uh, either neither of these um, high res audio codecs, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so I, I, it seems to suggest that uh, you know fancy high res three D audio will be enabled by default thanks to this architecture. It maybe it's also some kind of binaural audio because it does mention that they want to specifically optimize the experience for headphones. And so when you mention headphones, you know, binaural stuff, uh, giving the illusion of being in a, in a 3D environment and how you hear the, 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 not just the music, but really the sound and the environment around you. That's especially important for VR, of course, but there are also plenty of applications for just single-player games, really. So Dolby Atmos or DTSX by default would be good, but super fancy 3D binaural audio would be better for headphones.
2: Mike, did you ever listen to my presentation at all? Remember that special? Yeah, I thing remember I did? that. Yeah, it freaked me that, out. That was binaural.
0: Yeah, I remember. I remember you, we were talking about it afterwards. Um so I was at a conference once. It was the first time it was I don't think it's the first time that I met you, Shahid. we met before, but it was it was a while ago. And yeah. uh, we Shahid put on like a presentation uh in this room which was using binaural audio. Oh and it wow. was terrifying. Uh <laughs> I don't think it was necessarily meant to be terrifying but I was terrified by it because it was so wild it's a it's a very very interesting technology um but really I think the biggest deal out of all of this is storage um yes. because of what storage is going to be able to do to these machines Sony moving for uh, to SSD to solid state from hard drives so they the thing is you can, and there may be many people who think to themselves, I can already put an SSD in my PlayStation or have an add on, right? <laughs> like, yes, in theory, you can, and yes, it will make things a little bit better. But Sony have been working on creating a specialized storage solution which is optimized for their needs, like for improving load times. So he gave a demo uh, to Wired of Spider Man on the PS4 Pro, uh, and Also, on a version of their upcoming hardware, probably some huge ugly box, right, that hides everything it needs to hide, probably because there is no case now, anyway. Um, But anyway, they they show a difference in the fast travel mechanics. So in Spider-Man, like Mm -hmm. in a lot of these open-world games, you can choose a point on the map and teleport to it. Um, On the PS4 Pro, this this fast travel sequence took 15 seconds. Um, On the PS5 uh, hardware, it took 0.8 seconds. (laughs) (laughs)
1: which is <laughs> just <laughs> <Because that's> ridiculous <laughs> it's just easier
0: to load right they're also yeah. talking about vast differences in rendering speeds um, allowing for much faster gameplay action and he was also talking about all this stuff which is really interesting of like when SSDs become normal a lot of the conventions of video games are going to change Yeah. because games yeah. are built in such a way because they need to take time to load and when you don't need that anymore it changes what you will be able to do in a game and i think that that's kind of fascinating
1: like the loading screens, they now are used as instruction manuals mm-hmm. <laughs> because the game is loading. And the, yeah, uh, there's speculation that Sony is gonna use the the new PCIe 4 standard, which is still basically unused, and it promises up to 64 giga, gigabytes per second bandwidth, uh, which, is, which is a lot of bandwidth compared to the 3.0 standard. Uh, but this is still new, basically, so it would be would be totally new on the PS5 which will not surprise me because if you want to achieve this kind of performance, it's, it, you know, it's, not, it's not the type of connector, it's not the type of connection that we have now. So, uh, 19x improvement over the PS4 Pro, which is just amazing, on a dev kit, uh, basically two years before release. That, that's incredible.
0: So, uh, there's also kind of the overall thing, the storage will be 19 times faster than the PS4 Pro, Um, the system will support 8K even though TV is a 4K but it will just have it Um, and there will be both physical media and downloads with some hints towards game streaming and when I can say game streaming I mean like Google Stadia game streaming
1: Yeah, they were super cagey about that they they just said, oh, Sony is a pioneer of games which is fair enough they are pioneers of game streaming Um, it's good, I think that they're still going to support Physical media and downloads. Uh, you know, uh, Microsoft recently l- released the Xbox One Sad Edition, the the Xbox One S All Digital <laughs> Edition. It's called Sad, sad. It's the Sad One. Uh, but Sony clearly believes, at least now, again two years before the theoretical release, that it's all it's still going to be physical and download mm-hmm. uh, both at the same time, which I think is good because you know these games. Are gonna approach the you know eventually there will be like a one terabyte game it'll just happen at some point and you know there's people who cannot download that type of uh, content from the internet so uh, it's a good decision I think
0: so there are some uh, less detailed kind of reports and mostly all rumors basically about the upcoming Nintendo Microsoft hardware so I'll run through these quickly because really the PlayStation one is the The most interesting of the three because it's actual details. Um, So there was a report in the Wall Street Journal, which backs up some other rumblings that have been occurring over the last few months, that Nintendo is planning to launch two new versions of the Switch as early as this summer. Uh, One version will have what is called enhanced features for the Pro Switch fan, but it doesn't detail at all what they look like. There's nothing except that. In the report. The other version, the cheaper version, is intended to pick up the 3DS market, so being more portable. Um, And apparently, one of the ways that they're going to bring costs down is to remove HD Rumble, because apparently that's something that's not really taken off anyway. Um, I want to read a a, a, a quote from the report, which says You would be wrong to think the enhanced version is similar to what Sony did with the PS4 Pro, and the other is just a cheap alternative that looks very similar to some past handheld machines, say Sony's PlayStation Vita one person who has used the new devices has said. I don't know why this person is specifically gunning for Sony so bad uh, but mm. they are. But I think what this is trying to say is like, don't think that it's just a speed bump and stripping out some features on, from the device. That's that's mm. what it says. I mean, who knows what it's going to be. Uh, the Wall Street Journal believe that these will be shown off during Nintendo's E3 presentation or their E3 Direct.
1: Yeah, but Nint- Nintendo has denied the rumors that there's not gonna be hardware at. Uh, I think uh, there's there's not gonna be any announcement of the new console during the E3 direct video. But who knows? You know these companies they can lie all the time.
0: That could mean it comes before. <laughs> yeah, could mean it comes after. Um, and it's you know who knows, but this is this. Whether it, I think what's going on really with the Wall Street Journal is they have got sources in a supply chain who know that these things are coming, but that doesn't mean that they know when they're gonna gonna be like showing off. And the Wall Street Journal are just like, well, E3 is coming up, so it's probably gonna be then, right? So, yeah. uh but I'm keen to know what you guys think about just this in general, not just new Switch hardware, but two new Switches.
1: I think it's the perfect um, plan if, you know, before a Pokemon game (laughs) and Animal Crossing. I keep forgetting about Animal Crossing. It just feels... It's perfect before Animal Crossing to have something that is like
0: a little bit cheaper and focused on handheld as a way to replace the 3DS. Like it is actually, I think, a really smart move.
1: I'm going to say this. The cheap version makes more sense to me than the pro version because I do not understand what Nintendo... Uh, things of as bigger screen, uh, maybe, but it's gotta have a resolution bump. I don't want to have some chunky pixels.
0: Bigger screen, better resolution, better battery. That's all the stuff that I would want. Now
1: that I, that I would get behind and totally mm-hmm. get one as soon as possible. Yes, if that's you know bigger screen, uh, you know uh, thinner bezels, uh, higher resolution, better battery, and even you know and to go with it a CPU bump, that would be excellent. Yeah.
0: What do you think, Shahid?
2: They've always done variations, haven't they? I mean, especially along the uh, the portable axis, if you like. Not so much on their home axis. I mean, we talked, when was it? Last year, when we were talking a fair bit about Nintendo and Switch and what they were going to do. And one of the things that we talked about a fair bit, and I think we're going to be proven right on this, was that at the beginning, it seemed to be too expensive for a portable device, but it was a good point to launch a home console device, that price point, the 300-ish mark, right? If you'd said that's a portable, people would have said, yeah, you've got to be having a laugh. But Mm -hmm. if you kind of position the marketing more along the home console lines, and you could take it away with you, fantastic. You know, people are going to be very happy with that. As they're able to get cheaper components, and we said this ages back, they're obviously going to want to be able to push the portable side because they'll sell tons of them to, to youngsters. I would be surprised if they've kind of completely maxed out their two youngster um, targets, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, once they get the price down, I think that will happen. As for what this person is saying, I haven't a clue. Maybe this is an interim step towards a much cheaper version of the Switch. But yeah, reducing the size would help, making some of the casing a bit cheaper, the internal components a bit cheaper, take, as you say, taking out HD rumble and that kind of thing. That's all going to help. But the main thing is this this stuff is going to get cheaper anyway.
0: I can't imagine them making a version of this console of a smaller screen.
2: Well, the the screen itself would still be the same number of pixels, right? But maybe for kids, you
0: want a smaller form factor. Right, but like readability would be... A nightmare small if it was smaller you know like i'm thinking like what if i tried to make a switch with a screen the size of the 3ds right like to kind of bring that in a little bit more No, that's too
2: much right yeah. but what i'm thinking is if you want to put this thing in, uh, into the hands of kids you want to make the overall dimension smaller
0: it has to be thinner lighter and smaller yep. in general and 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 has it might be, be the case of well you know the control you, this doesn't use Joy-Con. Right? Right, yeah. Like, it's, it's another maybe. clamshell version of this device, right? Like, that could be a way to, to solve that problem. Um, or they find a way to put the Joy-Con on differently. That means it does. it's, like, overall smaller, I don't know. Yeah, it's maybe they're not detachable. Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah? You save a bit of space. You don't have those side clips anymore. You don't have to worry about any of that. You want something that's a bit more uh, durable and rugged. Sorry, when when I say make the screen smaller, I mean the overall form factor needs to be smaller. If that is achieved by reducing the bezel size and you can reduce some of the uh, edge size because you no longer have to clip the controllers on because they're already built in, that's all going to help. The actual screen, I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do, but I think the internals have got to be cheaper for them to sell a cheaper version of it. But I'm not. I'm not sure they need to go down that route right now. So I'm not sure that this. Drop of the portable form factor is the one that's going to be at 100, 150 of choose your currency that targets kids and that will make sales of this device spike again massively. I don't think they're there yet. That's what we were talking about. This is probably an interim step. And so, this person talking about we haven't taken this, or they, Nintendo, haven't taken the kind of cost cutting measures that you might expect might mean that it's just one of those Nintendo variations which they're so fond of doing. As for the high end one, I don't know. Do do people want premium switches?
0: I'll tell you what, I I might get one, you know. The things that I've asked for, right? Like yeah. nicer nicer case, bigger screen, better yes. battery, maybe a little bit lighter yep. if they found a way to give me those three things which kind of go against each other, but nevertheless, I would be very excited about that. I was speaking to someone
2: yesterday i i'd love to name this person i can't um who fancy. said sorry fancy uh, that's a really respected fancy person. So mm-hmm. yes yeah, the thing about being an insider you just can't uh, i want to say but i can't anyway so this person was talking about using the switch this person is um grown up you know like us and has used the switch more than 90 percent in handheld mode because this person does not have the time to sit down in front of the telly mm-hmm. and play mm-hmm. it the way lots of other people do. So never mind the whole switch. I, I don't know about you guys. You you tell me. What's your percentages, would
0: you say, off the oh, top of your port-a- head?
1: Portable portable yeah? all the
0: time. Yeah. I'm always uh TV. Oh, okay. That's interesting. I can't I can't um <sighs> I've spoken about this in a bunch, but playing the switch in handheld mode with the Joy-Con is like crack to my rsi Mm. it's just it's just the wrong form factor and weight like that it's just like the perfect thing that will that will be a problem for me so i I play i play uh if i'm not at home i just have a little stand that i put it in and i have a pro controller it's like if i'm on a plane or whatever or i'm like right right traveling then i play it that way interesting Interesting. I, I would love to see them come out
2: with a premium version of this, and I suspect they would do better than they realize. But they've got their foothold now. It's not like they'd be launching an OLED Vita. You know, this is not mm-hmm. an expensive device that doesn't have software. They have the software base already. Mm-hmm. They've established a the foothold with the premium price point. They have the market. There are lots of grown-up spying switches. They haven't exhausted the final target market for Nintendo, which is kids, which is when they'll triple their sales. So why not do a premium?
0: yeah let me let me posit an idea to you too, right? The switch itself, the current version, it is not a very premium feeling product. It is well made, but it does not feel premium. And my understanding of how console stuff typically works is a company will like you know, like a Sony or a Microsoft will willingly take a loss on the console for a while uh, because they know in the end they'll make the money back you know, like as the economies of scale work for them, plus they're going to do so well on the games that they'll be fine. I wouldn't be surprised if Nintendo did not take that approach when building the Switch, and now they might be able to. Because the software sales are so good, Mm. they know they'll make the money. Where maybe when the Switch came out, was was like original like when it debuted maybe they couldn't have pushed it to the highest level of technology that they could have um, or that they would have wanted to but now they might be in a better position where they could make something which is a little bit little bit more expensive but actually costs more money to produce um, which over time they will benefit from uh, but initially will be able to offset by the fact that the, console, the software sales are so good because the software sales are very good.
1: Hmm.
2: Yeah, the only time I remember this not being the case at PlayStation was for the launch of PS4. We were always shown these graphs. It was, you know, the the razor, razor Blade model. We were mm. always shown these graphs at the beginning of launch. This is what we're going to look like at the beginning. This is how much it costs to make. We're making a, either a loss or not a profit or whatever. You know, when when you factor everything in, it's immensely complicated because you have to think about distribution. You have to think about currency conversion. You have to think about the changing rates of um, memory prices, of hard drive prices, component prices. Is the most massively complex operational activity you could imagine, launching a premium um, technological hardware product by any company. You guys know this. But for PS4, they made a conscious decision not to go down that route that every PS4 sold would be profitable. And that, I think, is really, really important in keeping a company health. And if that's what Nintendo have done, ensured that Switch is profitable day one, I suspect they they have done that. Because let's face it, they didn't go for the absolute top-notch level they could have done in terms of specifications. They went for a really carefully curated compromise Mm -hmm. that actually gave them flexibility nobody else could match. And that... That was a, a masterstroke of a master stroke of product design as opposed to technology, something that I guess PlayStation failed at with p s three and Microsoft failed at with xbox one
0: talking about xbox so uh there are rumors of uh, the next xbox right. And it seems most likely that E3 is going to be where it appears. I will say from the investigation I was trying to do, the digging around, the amount of information about the next Xbox is the least of all of them. Um, There is a project being worked on inside of Microsoft called Project Scarlet. And for what I could find, Project Scarlet covers anywhere between one and four consoles, uh, depending on the rumor that you read, Um, because it seems like Microsoft are up to a lot of different things. Uh, The rumors are suggesting that this project will replace at least the Xbox One S and the One X. So they will have two versions. Um, Nobody really knows anything uh, but I think it's safe to assume that Sony is trying to do the exact same things that Sony is, that, that Microsoft is trying to do exact same things that Sony is trying to do, because they mm-hmm. both suffer from the same problems, right? Um, I'm sure there's going to be SSD, I'm sure they're going to be ray tracing, like, it's all going to be all of that stuff, because there isn't that far, really, that these console makers can go. And I don't think either of them are really going to surprise us with a breakthrough in technology that nobody expected. Um I will be interested to see if Microsoft actually do deliver on VR with the next Xbox. Um, there is also a talk of uh, project Scala, including a version of the Xbox, which is not even just the, like the sad edition, but is purely for a cloud gaming p- platform like Google Stadia. Um, Microsoft, as we said earlier, they're the only platform vendor this year with a stage presence at E3. And Phil Spencer has been quoted as saying, I feel the responsibility of that. I want to represent gaming. And I feel like it's an important time when the larger community is looking at the gaming industry. I think it's a time that we pop above the noise that's out there. So they're trying to set the stage like they've got some big stuff coming. I would expect we hear something yeah. purely yeah. because Sony did it. I feel like Microsoft have to at least give an almost Project Scorpio like tease, right? Where, I mean, they've we've known them to do this. They stood on stage and they were like, "Well, we're working on this thing and it's going to have all this stuff." Some of it never arrived, Ahem, mm-hmm. Oculus support, but <laughs> they. I think that I think that E3 will include something, um, but what the next Xbox actually looks like, that seems to be up in the air right now. I think. That's where the news is. Uh, Mm -hmm. That's kind of the playing field. Uh, Should we take a break and then look at some... (laughs) Some of the uh, consoles of yours, which I'm very excited about, because I can see Uh the images uh, that uh, Federico has pasted into our Google Doc. So, uh, today's episode is brought to you by Squarespace. You can make your next move with Squarespace because they will let you easily create a website for your next idea or project, And with a unique domain name, award-winning templates, and more. They are the place for your next thing online. No matter what type of website you want to make, Squarespace is the only one platform that will let you do it. You can create a store or a portfolio or a blog there's nothing to install or patch or worry about or even upgrade they take care of all of this stuff and have got you covered and back it up with 24-7 customer support if you need any help Squarespace is there on hand to help you out, they will let you quickly grab that unique domain name so you can give your website the brand at once and they'll let you customize those award winning templates. They're all beautifully designed, but you can also uh, help it enhance it, right? Like give it your color, give it your flair. So it fits exactly what you're looking to present. Uh, you can sign up right now for a free trial with no credit card required, but going to squarespace.com slash remaster. Their plans start at just $12 a month, but you can get 10% off your first purchase of a website or domain and show your support for this show uh, by using the offer code remaster at checkout. That is squarespace.com slash remaster and the code remaster to get 10% off. Our thanks to Squarespace for their support of this show and all of FM. Squarespace, make your next move, make your next website.
1: So in thinking about the next generation of consoles, uh, I thought it would be useful to try and remember how in the past we talked about future consoles and sort of how the the rumors sort of uh, played out in the end and what people thought an upcoming console would be before it came out. And so I selected a few examples of uh, rumors that I actually remember myself Mm -hmm. and sort of these rumor cycles that I lived through. Um, So I'm going to take you on a journey. It starts in 2003 um, with the Sony PSP. Mm -hmm. I remember these images very, 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 very well. Sony had pre-announced the development of the console at a press conference before E three two thousand and three. Um, they confirmed they were working on the PlayStation Portable and that it was going to be. They said the Walkman of the twenty first century. Now, oh Sony, that that was because because he was going to you know, the big idea at the time was we're going to offer multimedia capabilities. Mm-hmm. So you're going to be able to listen to music and play games and watch movies all in one device. Yep. That was the dream at the time. Um, and, it, and it began that way,
0: right? There were movies. Yeah. on UMD.
1: I own movies on UMD. What movies so do you have thing? on UMD? Eight Mile by Eminem. Oh my God. <laughs> okay. It's a good movie. It's a good movie. Well, I, I don't know why fine. I bought it on UMD. Um, so the first, so Sony just said before E3 we're gonna do the uh, portable console, and then of course you can imagine, you know, back then on the first internet boards and magazines, everybody was saying Nintendo is done, Sony is gonna kill the Game Boy, uh, it's it's over for Nintendo, and who cares about the DS? It's all gonna be all, all about the PS Vita, all about the PSP. Sorry, and before the end of the year in November two thousand and three. At a corporate strategy meeting event, uh, Sony actually showed um, a first official concept slash prototype of the console. So everybody was already sharing fake concepts and fake leaks, as we're gonna see later for other consoles. It's always been a common thread, but this is Sony actually showing on a you know in a slide this first version of the PSP with flat buttons. So it doesn't have analog sticks. It doesn't have um, buttons that protrude from the body of the console. Everything is flat. And the internet and the press uh, did not react well to this design. I remember all the people complaining about the flat directional pad and the flat buttons. So by the actual reveal at E3 2004... The P uh, the PSP had normal clickable buttons and a uh, mm-hmm. pad and an analog stick.
0: I don't think that those buttons would have been very usable, which is probably why they didn't go with it. But oh, damn, it looked good.
1: Yeah, it was it was real fancy, but probably not you know not really usable. Yeah. Uh, so that was the main problem uh, with this design. I think it you know maybe it could have worked, maybe not. It doesn't look pretty. I don't know. It doesn't look fun to play. I don't know. Um, so that was the PSP. Uh, but of course, I want to talk about the Nintendo Wii next. And the Nintendo Wii has a has a very peculiar history, in that it was the it was a very public process um, from Nintendo. Um, so the Nintendo Wii came out in November two thousand and six, but Nintendo first spoke about it in, at E three two thousand and four. So two years before, so we're going to see, that's, that also happened with another console later. Um, two years before, they announced the code codename uh, Nintendo Revolution, uh, Project Revolution. And they actually had a logo and everything uh, with the two discs because the, the Nintendo Revolution was going to support a small disc format for games, but also DVD. Uh, DVDs were going to be compatible. Anyway, uh they had an uh, first announcement of the revolution code name e three two thousand and four and then um they and of course as you can imagine you know people all immediately started sharing concepts of what the revolution was gonna look, could could look like and you know there's some really amusing ones we're gonna take a look later uh the following year uh E3 2005, Nintendo actually shared some specs for the console, but they didn't reveal the controller. And that led to months and months, I remember this, of speculation about if the revolution is so revolutionary, such a concept that has never been done before, and Nintendo is not showing the controller, well, it means the controller must be something completely new and incredible. Um, Nintendo e 2005, they shared, the again, the Revolution logo, the Revolution code name. They actually showed the console, the physical, you know, the Wii, basically. It was not called the Wii at the time because the name was also still to be revealed. But they showed, they had a physical mock-up or prototype, I suppose, in black. On stage mm-hmm. and they showed slides of, you know, a white version and a and a silver version, and also a yellow, greenish version and a red one. Um, and there was everything, you know, the revolution logo and all of that, but no controller. Um and that led to two types of speculation. First one about the controller. Some people were saying, Oh, it's gonna have a screen. So the controller will have a oh, screen. Man.
0: Where did and- we hear that one before?
1: and you will and yes it tends to come up with Nintendo people just want that controller with the screen um so people were, some people were correct and said, oh, maybe they're going to do gyroscope controls. Uh, and I remember the, the theory back then was that, remember when Nintendo did some of those games with the gyro built in, like on the Game Boy Advance, like WarioWare Twisted, I think? They were experimenting with motion controls. And some people, reading between the lines, they actually guessed correctly that the, the revolution was going to be revolutionary because it was going to support motion controls. Uh, they were not wrong um, some people were expecting you know to have this kind of DS but as a controller for a home console it was crazy the other type the other current of of rumors and speculation was about the name um, and I remember one of the there were two popular theories before Nintendo actually announced the name Wii uh, if Revolution was the code name, some people were saying it was going to be called the Nintendo N5 as the fifth console uh, other people and this is a theory it's that I It's funny actually... to me
0: to think that you would give it the code name revolution but the shipping name would be N5. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, you maybe gone backwards on that one. Uh other people and this is quite clever this is a theory that I liked myself mm-hmm. were uh, were saying it was going to be called the Nintendo Go. And that was because go it's easy and simple in English. But also, go means five in Japanese that so, must have been on
0: a slide at some point because it's too easy, right that's too easy to come up with, you know what I mean like that that makes so much sense and is also a good name. I mean, PlayStation yeah. ended up using it uh that someone must have thought of that inside of Nintendo, right at some point, yeah,
1: yeah, so if you uh care to take a look I, you at you know this. I think the only
0: reason it may not have passed is in English it doesn't sound that good. Because the uh, the both words end in O,
1: Nintendo Go, yeah, yeah. probably
0: it it too easily becomes
1: Nintendo Go, Nintendogo. Go, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, There's a as you can see there's a there's a a link that you will also find in the show notes of uh, from an article from basically 15 years ago, sharing what looks like effectively a Roomba. Uh, saying, are these Nintendo Revolution images? <laughs> and it,
0: That's a Roomba. it is it is
1: a Roomba. It is effectively a Roomba. Uh, <laughs> it is a it is a mix of a Roomba and a turntable, something like that. Uh, it's, yeah. a, it's it's something else, really. And also a picture of uh, what what people were expecting the Revolution controller to look like. You know, these concepts, super futuristic. Uh, this this person though. I guess correctly, was going to have gyro sensors. That was mostly correct. I remember, though, when Nintendo announced the actual controller at the Tokyo Game Show 2005, people went crazy. Uh, nobody was expecting a TV remote as the mm. controller for the, for the console. And there was a video that Nintendo shared. There's a, an original trailer. They did a trailer for the controller. This gives you the idea of just how much speculation and excitement there was surrounding the controller for the revolution. And then the following year, E3, Nintendo announced it was not going to be called the Revolution or the M5 or the Go, but the Wii. And the internet uh, was not happy for the f- first few months. And then when it came out, it became a the bad success name. we all know.
0: Still well, a bad name. It's a bad it's name. Easy.
1: It's easy, though. Come on, Nintendo Wii, everybody. it's It's easy to say... I don't know.
0: Do you, not, do you not now look at it and be like, now we're far enough away from it. I, now we're far enough away from it again that I don't hear we very much.
1: So that's a bad name. I, I liked it when they announced it. I still mm. think it's funny and, and it works. <laughs> not funny, but fun. It's fun and it works. Sure, it's fun. Uh, Anyway, let's move on to the more recent past. PlayStation 4 uh, announced six years ago, February and. Thirteen, And, of course, we have our friend Mark Cerny um, doing interviews, sharing details about the making of the PS4. Development began, according to Cerny, in 2008. If only we had somebody that could confirm this timeline, okay, I guess, well, I don't know who, who we could ask. Um, but anyway, uh, to uh, let's see. The rumors back then... Uh let's take a look at 2011. Uh the rumors were saying that the PlayStation 4 was going to ship in 2012 and it was going to have Kinect like features. So of course, here's a common um uh variable with these rumors. Whatever is the hot thing yes. at the time, yeah, 100%. Is, is the is the feature I was that just thinking a this. future console will have. Cuz this is so, the
0: game streaming, right?
1: Yes. This is the game streaming yes. of 2012. Yes. So uh, right now, everybody's saying, oh, it will also have game streaming, because everybody's talking about game streaming, right? This happened before, and it's going to happen again. Uh, at the time, everybody was saying, oh, Kinect and cameras, and you move in front of the television, it's going to be the future. And so rumors were saying the, P- the PS4 was going to have Kinect-like controls, and sure enough, they did ship a camera with more, some kind of motion controls but it was not it, it was never like a, like a core functionality of the console
2: um but you have no idea how close we came to actually doing that oh
1: i so said you go there we have somebody who can <laughs> <us to. laughs>
0: If only if only
2: you know the uh, thing i loved about the whole I, I won't take up much time here but i just want to jump in and say please do you would be you would be amazed At just how fluid the launch period, especially for the last year, is in terms of nailing down. Because you are trying to nail jelly to a wall. Will we get these components at the prices we want? Will the customers accept this combination of components? Will Mm -hmm. the experiences that we're trying to create for this machine run on this configuration or that configuration? What is a competition likely to do? What price will the competition come in at? Which partners have we got on board? What products can we show for launch? And this is so fluid that I mean for the for the PS4 launch, I you know, before PS4 was kind of warming up, I was a nobody at PlayStation. Absolutely nobody. I came in very, very late into the whole PS4 discussion, simply because things were really, really fluid. And suddenly it became apparent that we needed this content. And here's mm-hmm. a guy who's been doing this for Vita. This might work for PS4. That's, that's only one strand of the strategy. There were so many strands. Camera was part of it. The potential of having some kind of Kinect killer was part of it. It was being investigated. So all of this stuff is looked at very, very carefully. And then somebody makes a product decision and says, it's got to be this, it's got to be that. And the other thing is, it's really dictated with the PS4. It was really dictated by the developers. You know, when Mark Cerny talks about the PS4 and PS Vita design being very closely guided by developers, he's not making that up. Mm -hmm. That's not just him playing to the crowd. That is actually what happened. It was staggering just how much input there was and how receptive PlayStation was. But at the end of the day, PlayStation had to make a call. It was they were the ones responsible for shipping the hardware, and it was incredibly fluid. You i mean, I was asked. Mm -hmm. uh, I I remember being asked before the console was launched. The uh, and I can't say what it was, but um, I was asked by Nainan would you be able to get content if this was a configuration and it came with this accessory? And I can't mention what any of those things were. And I'm looking at him like, uh, that's completely different from what we talked about last week, but uh, Mm. let me get back to you. So the next day, you know, I'd, I'd been talking to all of the developers I possibly could, who I thought might be able to meet this criteria in time. And the kind of feedback was mixed, but the response was generally, yes, we could do it. So I went back to him and said, are you still interested in this and he said no no we've changed our minds (laughs) 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 so that's how fluid it is but i'll jump out here i just wanted to say a lot of the stuff that you hear you might think yeah it sounds crazy at the time but it is being considered
1: Hmm. um thank you for that 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 perspective is exactly what i wanted um Speaking of architecture and components, so of course people were debating whether the PS4 was going to keep the existing architecture, the, the cell architecture of the PS3, or use a new one. We know the answer. They listened to developers, the one with a new one. Um, the first dev kits for the PS4 started shipping in 2012. Now, here's where it gets real funny. Um, the, dev kit were, the dev kits were codenamed or labeled Orbis and Kotaku, in 2012, they did a report on the PlayStation 4 saying the next PlayStation is called Orbis. Well, no, it's called... Orbis is the dev kit. But anyway, uh, they, they predicted it was going to um, launch in the fall of 2013, uh, which was mostly correct. Uh, but then they said they shared this wild theory on the names uh, that if you combined Orbis and Vita, Two Latin words. And if you, you know, you, you you achieve Orbis Vitae, which by, I don't know why you would change the declination of Vita, but anyway, Orbis Vitae means the circle of life. And that is why Sony is going to call it the Orbis.
0: <laughs> I mean, if you walk it backwards, this it's is short.
1: probably why
0: they called the dev kits this, right? Because they had the Vita. <laughs>
1: Shahid, is it was it because of the circle of life? Yes. <laughs> oh, no. my God. oh my <laughs> 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 no, God! No, no,
2: no, no, no! Seriously, nobody knows. It could have been, but Orbis was not just the name of the dev kits; it was actually the code name for PS4. Okay. okay.
1: All right. And um, here's
2: here's the other thing. For a long time, Vita was a code name for Vita. We all thought it was going to be called PSP2.
0: Oh, huh. interesting. Okay. Huh. Yeah, yeah. I guess it happens sometimes, right? That the code name is good enough that it will ship, yeah.
1: you know.
2: But but that's how Orbis Vita came about. It was Circle of
1: Life. <laughs> that's amazing. Um, <laughs> so props to Kotaku for the imagination. <laughs> well, no, but
0: the thing is, though, like it's they found the they 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 found it out or they thought it up, but they they took a leap, right? Which was like, oh, yeah. this will definitely be the shipping name now, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, they said. It will not be backwards compatible, which was correct. It will support both physical media and downloads, which was correct. Here's where it gets sort of contentious. Um, this was a hot topic at the time. They said the PS4 or the Orbis, just like, and bear with me, this is what people were calling it, the Xbox 720 slash Durango. Uh, <laughs> What <laughs> you know? <laughs> we did. We didn't know about the Xbox one. Uh, actually, some people were calling it the Next Box, which mm. honestly better than Seven Twenty. Because mm-hmm. Xbox Seven Twenty will always remind me of Entertainment Seven Twenty from yes. Box and
0: Rec. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> yeah. Anyway, the Next Box would have been fun. Um, oh, and also, quick tangent: the Next Box at the time, the Seven Twenty Slash Durango. They said it was going to support ray tracing <laughs> at the time. <laughs> <laughs> well, here's sure. my other
0: naming question for you. Is Xbox 720 that much worse than Xbox
1: One? <laughs> yes, Mike. It's, I mean, come on, 720? But really? Xbox One is
0: a bad name <laughs> for the third yes, it Xbox. Is.
1: It's, it's <laughs> I don't know. Right? 720 is terrible. <laughs> I'm not
0: saying 720 is good,
1: but Xbox One, that ain't good it's either. Like, It's slightly better than Xbox One, though. I mean, I I slightly, uh, I mean, Xbox One is slightly better than 720. It's such a
0: naming pitfall. Because what do you call the one after
1: that? The Xbox. Xbox.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Xbox 720, of
1: course. You
0: know what I mean? Uh, Like, going to the number one for your third console, it's like you really shot yourself in the foot for the fourth one. Yeah. Like it's um, a very awkward situation to put yourselves in.
1: Uh, anyway, the, the rumor said that just like the future Xbox, the PlayStation Four was not going to play used games. This was this was a whole the, like a whole thing at the time, a whole debate on companies are cracking down on people sharing discs with one another. And of course, we know how the, it, this was resolved at E three two thousand. 13. Um Sony confirmed that the PlayStation 4 was gonna play used games, that they did a very funny, very tongue-in-cheek video featuring Yoshida-san, uh saying this is like it was supposed to be like an instructions video. This is how you share games on PS4. And there's just Yoshida-san handing the game to another person whose name I cannot remember, Shahid. Please help me out here. Um and it's Adam yeah, Boys. Yes, thank you. Uh so you san <laughs> sharing a game, and this is how you, you you share a game on PS4. You just give the disc to somebody else. Uh that was that was lovely video. Um but yeah, the Sony eventually announced the specs before e3, February 2013. They didn't show the design, the design was shown at E3. Uh and of course, if you Come with me in scrolling this Google Doc. I have no idea, Mike, if and how we can embed these images for listeners. I will find but a way. You, life Mike, finds a way,
0: Federico. Mike
1: finds a way, uh, mm-hmm. just like life. Uh, you will see this whole collection of amazing designs from what looks like a modem uh, to an even worse modem with an angular dual shock. Two of course, because the Orbis means circle. Well, we have a console that is actually a disc and the banana shaped um, what looks like a, looks like a new iteration of the PS3 prototype that banana controller. controller that but controller. in black. That controller was something. and finally, this is my favorite, what looks like a heater, but it's white and red, mm-hmm. and it says PS4, and it's got two flat controllers Mm -hmm. and finally actually the last one is my favorite again a circle embedded in some kind of glass panel and the controllers the controller is also made of transparent glass but there's two halves that are black i i cannot explain this concept it's it looks i don't know it's supposed to be like a dashboard of some kind with the circle uh it looks like the 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 window of, of an airplane seat. Uh I don't know. Um last one. Uh and this is uh this is very good. Nintendo NX. Uh this wa- is recent. In, this is very recent. So the Nintendo Switch, before it was the Switch, it was the Nintendo NX. Uh Nintendo itself, they confirmed the NX code name, just like the Revolution two years before the console came out. The console came out in twenty seven in March 2017. The Nintendo NX codename was confirmed by Nintendo in March 2015. Um, There were already, at the time, in 2015, there were already rumors of Nintendo following the struggles and the failure of the Wii U. They are going to do just one console and unify the portable and the home console aspect in one hybrid device. This was a rumor that followed the entire NX timeline. Uh, rumor-wise. In 2014, Nintendo had teased, for example, that they wanted to have a more unified approach. And as we talked about on our previous shows, uh, both on, I think on directional and virtual, uh, before we did remaster, um, Nintendo did a bunch of things that were suggesting that this was in fact um, the end result. They were merging development teams and they kept talking about having a unified platform and unified approach. The NX was described by Nintendo as a brand new concept. Again, no design, no specs, just words. And of course, no controller. Um, There was a very, very popular leak uh, that happened before the Switch was official. And this was a a leak that uh, was reported by uh, basically every major video game website and YouTube channel. uh, Because of course, in between, you know, um, we started with the PSP and the revolution, but then, you know, recent memory, of course, YouTube, it's now just as important as the traditional press, um, this leak of a oval-shaped, all-glass screen embedded in the controller. Uh, type of device and it was a very elaborate hoax by somebody that later described the process uh, and how they built this this fake controller but the idea of the NX is the controller and the controller is the console is coming back from the days of the revolution. People Mm -hmm. are still imagining this kind of of accessory, this kind of device Um, Some rumors were correct for example, um, with uh, this is something that we discussed a bunch of times. I think even on remaster, before the <laughs> one of the very early episodes, um, Nintendo announced that they were gonna do just one single playable game at E three two thousand and sixteen. And that game was going to be Zelda. And at the time, everybody knew, oh, they're going to do with Zelda the same thing that they did with Twilight Princess back in the GameCube transition days. They're going to release two versions, one, of, one for the Wii U, one for the NX. And of course, that was correct. Um, other people guessed that the Nintendo NX was going to use... Initially, they said cartridges instead of discs. Turned out to be game cards, but still... Solid flash storage uh, yes, instead they're, of. They're
0: effectively cartridges, right? For like what we were like the technology. Yes. I think it was more the technology that people were like, you know, basically the way you'd call the 3DS cartridges cartridges.
1: Yeah. Uh, this was very clever. Uh, people figured out that um, one company that specializes in this technology was forecasting a major growth in sales. And so people just started putting the elements together and they figured, oh, it's Nintendo, putting in an order for this type of storage. Um, One of the rumors said that DNX was going to launch with Smash Brothers. That wasn't true. Then we come to what is possibly the the most accurate report from this entire collection that I went through Eurogamer July 20, 2016 this is um 3 months maybe more before the actual announcement of the Nintendo Switch and it's basically basically everything is correct here down wow. to the illustrations that accompanied the piece um Eurogamer said that the NX was going to be a console with detachable controllers that was going to support portable mode and docked mode, that was going to have game cards, no backwards compatibility, and it was going to use an NVIDIA Tegra processor. And, and they had... I remember uh, that report. Illustrations. Yeah. And everything was correct. So, again, we are very late in the rumor cycle here because the, just a few months later, Nintendo would announce the Switch. But still, it's a, it's a few months before the reveal in October. We're in July now. And so I think it's safe to say that it's going to happen again. This type of uh, timeline, a few months before an actual reveal, somebody, whether it's Eurogamer or Kotaku, will probably have this kind of uh, mostly accurate report. And uh, finally, to close out this section... Uh, if you wanna take a look at the images for what people were imagining the nX was gonna look like uh, the first two are actually uh following the um Eurogamer report. People were guessing oh now that we have a framework in mind it's gonna look something like this, and of course it's not too dissimilar from the final result you know the tangible controllers, one concept uh, imagine the stylus which was not you know didn't happen. But the, the the earlier ones are my favorites. We have controllers with screens in them. And of course, um, one of the hot ideas at the time was, "Oh, what if we could match UI elements to physical buttons? And so you would see, for example, the label jump next to the physical B button because the screen was going to follow the the shape of the controller, so you will have pixels around the analog stick or pixels around yeah. the buttons. It was really something.
0: That would make just a very specific type of video game. I don't <laughs> yes. think you could do a lot with that design.
1: Yeah. And, and the last one, j- I just want to mention it because it's just sad. It's just a gray box. It's, it's, it's so sad. It's a gray box with a disc. Uh, it's, uh, all about this is wrong and uh, kind of perfect at the same time so there you go it's a bit of history of uh, preparing for the next generation what it looks like from a rumor perspective 15 years ago up until 2 years ago